Hello and welcome to the Mindful Commerce Podcast, a place where we talk to e-commerce brands, service providers and developers who care about protecting our planet. I'm Chrissy, And I'm Rich and we're your hosts. The podcast is an extension of the Mindful Commerce community. The Mindful Commerce community is a safe place for e-commerce brands and experts to connect, collaborate and explore opportunities to work together to unleash the power of e-commerce as a force for good. You can join by going to mindfulcommerce.io and clicking community. See you there. Hello everyone. Today we'll be speaking to Casey who is the CMO of ShipBob and we will be discussing when, if ever, is the right time to outsource warehousing and fulfillment for your e-commerce brand. So welcome, Casey. It's really great to have you on here. I've wanted to for ages because you are one of our very first community supporters. So thank you so much for that. Would you like to just introduce yourself? Um, Tell me a bit about ShipBob and why ShipBob exists. Yes. Well, thank you very much for having me. You know, we're very happy to, you know, be part of the mindful commerce community. Um, You know, we take you know, the carbon neutrality and everything very seriously over here at ShipBob, which I know we're going to dive into. Um, And then, yeah, ShipBob, we are a a global fulfillment platform. We serve um, and and partner with over 5,000 brands. We ship millions of uh, items every single month. Um, We actually are up to almost 25 fulfillment centers, um, including one in the UK, one in Canada, one in Ireland, one in Australia, which we just announced last week, and about 20 in the US. And so I'm very happy to be here. Wow, that's amazing. That's a lot. Um, I was actually going to ask you how many fulfillment centers you have, but you just answered that question. And it's great that you've got one in the UK. So in your opinion, when is the right time for brands to outsource their warehousing and fulfillment to a company such as ShipBob? I think it, there's no very like just hard answer where it's, a, you know, once you're doing a hundred orders a month, but I think it's, it's when you start seeing that the time it takes you to fulfill and ship items starts to impact the time that you have um, to, to focus on sales, marketing, community development, uh, product development, um, because that's what's actually going to drive your business. Um, and I know a lot of entrepreneurs are kind of hesitant to like hand things over. Um, but unless logistics and, and operations is your differentiator from your competition, um, you know, it's, it's, I think it behooves a lot of founders to hand that off sooner than not. So again, they can focus on, on the right things. Logistics and fulfillment is very time intensive, which is often your most um, valuable asset. Um, and so, you know, if you're staying up till eight o'clock at night, midnight, 2 a.m. during peak season to pick and pack boxes, it's probably not the best use of your best use of your time. But there are brands doing that. Um, oh, we hear, we hear that all the time. I mean, it's 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 honestly how almost all of our customers. That's like the, the point where it's almost the catalyst for them to reach out to us and um, and start working with us rather quickly is because they start seeing the time that they're spending on it or sometimes even worse is subconsciously they're like purposely thwarting their own growth because they're like, well, I want to double, I want to double my sales. I want to double my business, but that means I'm going to have to ship twice as many items. Uh, I don't want to stay up for an extra two hours or four hours every single day to pick and pack boxes. 
And then if you're going to start hiring people, um, you know, why, why wouldn't you hire more people maybe for, for marketing or product development or somebody to own, help own the entire supply chain versus just picking packing boxes. And so it's, it's something that we hear uh, rather often. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's definitely not why they would have started their business. Um, and so the first thing that came to my head then was like thinking of when they reach that specific moment, they might also be thinking about internationalization. So like, do you help brands with, I guess, going global because you have these fulfillment centers around the world? Um, what does that look like? Yeah, so we don't, we don't handle the freight per se, but we have partners that can help with that and with duties, taxes and everything like that. We, and we can also ship globally, let's just say just from the United States. But something that we will do when we do with the majority of our uh, customers is we do what's called a time and transit analysis. And so we'll help you understand what is the best and most effective way to distribute your inventory, whether that be just in the United States or whether that be globally. Um, and it's all based off of you know, your historical data on, on where your customers are purchasing from. And so we definitely help with that. And then in our, within ShipUp as well, there's our analytics reporting tool, which updates in real time where you can start toggling on and off different fulfillment centers to start seeing what type of cost and time saving you'd actually have by, you know, let's say distributing some of your inventory overseas. Yeah. And I'm also thinking of, you know, if, if they do see, say for example, they're in the US, but a lot of their customers are in Europe. Um, it might be, it might make sense to have a fulfillment center in Europe so that then it's, like you just said, it might be about cost, but it's also, you know, if you're shipping at a less of a distance, then it's probably better in terms of um, your emissions and your carbon footprint. Yes, it's, it's, much, it's much better for the environment. And then also, Sometimes there's marketing arbitrage opportunities overseas where maybe that type of product or just in general, some of the customer acquisition costs might be lower. And you might say, well, I don't have a lot of sales in this region, but maybe that's because you're focusing all of your paid efforts um, in the United States, but there could be opportunities in the UK or in uh, across Europe or in somewhere like Australia. And so, you know, obviously once your inventory is there, um, again, less impact on the environment. Um, also, it's, it's faster and, and more inexpensive. And then sometimes you can even test it just, uh, you know, by, by marketing in those regions before you start to distribute inventory, just to see what type of uh, opportunities are there, both from like a demand side, but also the costs. Yeah, definitely. Um, on the subject of cost, it might be a good question to ask. On, on average, how much are brands spending with ShipBob in terms of, you know, just handing over their fulfillment to you yeah so I, I, there's there isn't like a hard you know dollar number or, or pound but um what i'll give is like a percentage and so at ship bob of course we we do the receiving we store your inventory um and then we do all of the fulfillment so the pick pack the packaging uh, the actual shipping label um, and so what we typically see is it range, it often ranges between about eight to 15% um, of your, of your total sales goes towards, again, all things included within fulfillment, including the shipping label. Awesome. That's not, that's not too bad. I was expecting more to be honest. It, it, it can, it can go up at times. Again, it depends on how efficient brands are with um, their inventory 
um, both the amount that they that they order and that they keep on hand um, and then how quickly they can replenish it and also how quickly they can sell it. And so, but I'd say typically it's, it's in that range. Yeah. And um, do you help with knowing how much stock to bring in, I guess? Um, so for example, you know, if they've run out of something in stock, do, you know, you mentioned the analytics part. Do you help with brands knowing, oh, I need to order this much of this product? Yes. Yeah, no, definitely. So um, yes, we do. There are, you know, you can start creating notification rules um, within ShipBob, uh, you know, when you're getting low on certain inventory, we're going to continue to invest heavily there to help our customers be smarter, um, you know, through technology. Um, and then we also have some partners as well that help with uh, inventory tracking, inventory planning, uh, order replenishment and pushing that back up to their manufacturers as well. That's good. That's really good. Cause I can see that saving a lot of time and money as well. Um, you know, knowing where to spend your budget and what, what's selling more than other products. And yeah, that's cool. So let's get on to the exciting bit. <laughs> um, so how did you become carbon neutral? So this is something that we, you know, we'd been talking about internally for a while and, you know, as we thought about it as, as a company, you know, businesses and businesses like ShipBob, you know, we need to lead, not just follow. And so we're actually talking about this with uh, some of our some of our partners a couple of weeks ago where, you know, can consumers are, are polling um, and governments at, at times will push. But it, the businesses, they have a responsibility to be ahead of the curve and, and I think do what's right long term. Um, and so we need to put our money where our mouth is and lead by example, um, and can't solely look to, let's say policymakers or some macro level decisions to force us to, to do what we actually should be doing. And then also just as we get bigger, there's an additional responsibility for us as well. And so a couple of years ago, you know, we were obviously much smaller. We only had locations in the United States, but as we become this global platform and we work with, you know, thousands of brands soon to be tens of thousands of brands. Um, you know, again, we need to lead by example. And then uh, what, what's important there is similarly sized companies or smaller companies, and maybe sometimes even larger companies will, will hopefully see what companies like we're, we are doing um, and then, you know, proceed accordingly as well. So it's, it's something that we were really excited about and we felt it was our responsibility, you know, as somebody who's, who's a global player in the space and especially such a fast growing space like, like e-commerce. Uh, and then it was also very well received internally, of course, by our colleagues, but by our customers as well. And so we wanted to make our entire fulfillment network carbon neutral and then also allow for an easy option for all of our customers. So the, the merchants or the sellers to make it so all of their last mile shipments are carbon neutral as well. That's amazing. That's so good. I was going to ask about that. So the fact that you're carbon neutral, does that then mean that your customers are? But no, their shipping is, right? Right. So we, what we did is we made it so all of our fulfillment centers and our HQ and all of our, our operations are carbon neutral. And so now that is just, you know, all of our customers get the benefit off of that. Uh, and then through our partnership with Pachama, um, we allowed for a very easy way for all of our customers to easily activate it so their shipments are fully carbon neutral as well. 
And so, and again, by, uh, by Shipbob being carbon neutral that way, at least all of this part of their supply chain and everything that we can control um, is carbon neutral. Uh, you know, we are looking into ways to help impact things higher up in the supply chain, um, such as before items hit our docks. Uh, but at least for now, you know, we wanted to make sure we took care of everything that's, that's in our control. Wow, that's cool. Do you see that your um, customers are, say, for example, at checkout or just before the, the shopper makes a purchase, does it say this will be shipped to you in a carbon <laughs> neutral way or anything along those lines? A, a lot of brands will leverage that. Um, if I recall the stat correctly, I think it was close to 92% of consumers said that they're more likely to trust a brand that has ethical and sustainable practices. Um, and and a, a lot of brands truly believe that and some of them are just capitalizing on it, but regardless, it's for, it's for the better. So that's fine. So a lot of brands will, um, will promote it, but some also, you know, like to do it behind the scenes as well. Um, and so it, it, it depends. Yeah, definitely. I think it's really good. It's good to talk about it wherever you can and like build awareness around, you know, like you said, being a global player, it's really important for you to do the right thing to then influence other people too. Um, and then if your customers are doing the same, um, it just goes round and round like a nice little circle of positivity, I guess. So one question I did have was actually, it came from the community. So before we organized this, I did a little poll in the Facebook group. Um, and one thing that they said about the possibility of outsourcing fulfillment was that they would be worried that they would lose the personal touch or the customer connection. So, for example, you know, they'll do handwritten notes and then carry on the conversation on social media. How can you reassure them that you would be able to keep that when they outsource yeah so there's a handful of ways and i totally get that um and that's why i think at the beginning you know if you do some of the fulfillment yourself that's probably a smart move because you get to understand the 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 mechanics of what actually happens on a very small scale within the fulfillment center such as where are you going to store your items where are you going to store your boxes how are you going to pick and pack it most efficiently how are you going to actually package it um, how are you going to wrap that up? And when are you going to hand it off to the carriers and do it in a timely manner? And so I think that way, again, at some level of scale, <clears throat> you start to understand what, what actually goes into it. And that will allow you to be more informed when you're having conversations with your future fulfillment provider um, versus just maybe outsourcing it on, on day one, which is, which is always an option as well. From the customization standpoint, I totally get that. You need to think through uh, costs and time efficiency, though, as well. And so, like you mentioned, like custom handwritten notes, if you're doing it th that yourself, you know, how long is that taking you to actually write that and put that in there? And so at the beginning, it maybe makes sense. But once you're really starting to, let's say, sell thousands of items every single month, that becomes rather uh, laborious. And so, um, and thinking through where, where should you best spend your time? And, and maybe it is there. But anyways, back to, to answer your specific question. Um, we offer a handful of ways for people to still provide levels of customization. And so you can have custom boxing and custom poly mailers. We have, uh, you know, with some, with some of our partners, like, like no issue and others, um, you know, we have what I'd say are 
rather green options for those those custom boxes and poly mailers. Um, and then also we actually very recently um, started rolling out gift notes as well. So they won't be handwritten notes, but that's something that we're evaluating for later this year, or early next year. But we do offer levels of customization as well. That's really cool. Yeah, I was envision envisioning like, um, you know, you could you could write the note and although you can't put the name of the customer, you can still write it and then just um, have a digital version of it. Um, <laughs> you know, like you said, one, when you're scaling, you can't <laughs> write a personalized note to thousands of customers. So, yeah, that totally makes sense. It's good to know that you can still have some kind of personal touch. Oh, I've run out of questions. <laughs> was there no more? That was that was easy. <laughs> oh my god, that's not normal for me. But did you have anything that you'd want to share outside of that? Our mission at at Chip Bob really is to democratize the film for brands of all sizes around the world. And so, whether you're just getting started or you're doing tens of millions in revenue every month, you know, we, we can flex up and down and, and help support brands. And so, uh, especially as we start to go more and more global as well, um, you know, location becomes much less of a barrier. We already work with, with brands from all over the world. And so I, all I say is, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. Worst case is you get some, some of your, your questions answered in advance. And so when you are ready to to move over to, you know, a fulfillment solution like ShipBob, you're a little bit more informed. And so again, I'd, I'd say don't, don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah, it could, it could be in their roadmap for, you know, when they do reach that level, they know who to go to, it will go to ShipBob. <laughs> so yeah, it's really good. I guess the only other question actually would be around the process of becoming carbon neutral. Um, do you have any insights that you can give what does it take to become carbon neutral? So a lot of what we did was with um, through through credits through different programs such as supporting like the Amazon rainforest forest, and uh, the reason why we did that is we wanted to be able to take advantage of something that was available immediately um, versus something that would take a much longer time because we wanted to we know while we know that that option is not perfect per se. Um, we knew that that'd be the fastest way that we could start being, um, you know, proactive in uh, what our ultimate goal is with being carbon neutral. And so a lot of that comes from calculating, well, what are our offsets? What is the energy used um, across, you know, our company, all of our employees, travel, packaging, what's actually happening in the, in the HQ and at the fulfillment centers um, and then making sure that, you know, with Pachama and some of our partners is that we were selecting, you know, the, the right projects and everything to support uh, to make sure that we were, you know, putting back in as much as we were, we were taking out as well. Thank you for that answer. That was really, really great. And um, I think, you know, there's going to be lots more to come in the world of Ship Bob. And I'm very excited to see what comes next. So thank you. Thank you so much, Casey. That was a really good conversation. I hope that everybody listening got something from that. And if you'd like to learn more about ShipBob, please head to mindfulcommerce.io slash directory slash ShipBob. And you'll find everything you need to know and links to their website, to their social media, um, and our little mindful commerce summary. Um, so yeah, 
I hope you enjoyed that episode and I'll see you next time. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the episode today. If you did, you'll probably like being in our community. There's a whole host of exciting things going on. So don't forget to join by going to mindfulcommerce.io. Click on community and register from there. If you like this episode, please share, leave a review and remember to subscribe.